Welcome to the Circle City Cinema with Zach Griffith and Brett Sexton, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. And we're live, Brettus. Yes. A lot of news since we last uh, got together. I know. We've been through such a drought since COVID on some proper movie news, but you got a big one. Got a lot of stuff this past week. Yeah. You know, I'm curious to get your curious to get your input on some of these. Cause the Warner brothers thing in particular, there's, I think there's a couple sides to it. I think you and I both land on one side of the fence, but I see both sides mm-hmm. and we'll get into what uh, a certain director had to say his thoughts, but uh Start out. Good things we've seen lately, Bredis. I'll start with you. You got a show you've seen. Yes, you not let new. me in on. Yeah, not new by any means. I think it was 2019. We talked about it's very high rated. It's the HBO's five part miniseries on Chernobyl. I finally got around to watching that. Very much worth your time. Not much else I could say. I feel like everyone's already been in the game. This movie's got like a nine point something on IMDb. I've only heard positive reviews about it. It's the highest rated show of all time, I think. Yeah. I knew a little bit about Chernobyl. It is really fascinating because they do pull a lot from real life and voice recordings and and notes from the events. So it's a very fascinating fascinating take on that whole, whole mismanaged meltdown. Whole. Funny you should say whole. <laughs> whole plays a big part in uh, Chernobyl, doesn't it? Yeah, Zach asked if their, the reactor was still there, if it's still in shape. that I said, it, well, there was a hole that was blown in it, and they built a dome around it. <laughs> the, yeah. way, the way you described the visual of it, it sounded like when uh, Thor landed on Wakanda, like that kind of light beaming down or beaming oh, yeah. up in this case. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> massive beam of light into the sky. But you told me, like, you you were shocked. You blamed it all on incompetence. I that was, was the main reason. I was shocked by, because I had thought that it really was a freak accident. Like, oh, shit, something went wrong in the middle of the night. More than the people there. You're, mess, you're, with it, it's, you're talking about nuclear power. I just, in my head, assumed shit's going to pop off eventually. You learn... Pretty much fucking impossible. Everything is done right for shit to go wrong. But it's just yeah, the truth being held from people. People just not knowing shit is happening. <laughs> uh, oh, God. It's, it's, for us, if, if you're like us as viewers, there's a lot of ways you'll find uh, comedy where you shouldn't. Like certain engineers not being told as a test and then just shit blowing up around them. And just watching them scramble as they show up for their 12... 12- PM shift. Well, speaking of that, one of the first things I asked you was, what kind of equipment are the workers wearing? <laughs> because in my head, I was like, oh, yeah. they got to be wearing like high-tech masks, because high-tech you, suits. Because you think of radiation and you think of those guys with the gas masks on, like yeah. detecting this stuff. No, when they're working in the reactor, they're wearing like hospital gowns, like white sheets. Oh, my. Like scrubs? Yeah, they're basically wearing <laughs> scrubs. <laughs> So they're not prepared, dressed well for anything that would ever go wrong. No, I mean, you go home and throw them in the wash and that's it, right? And you're good to go. Yeah, that's fine. You rub the stains out, it's fine. You wear <laughs> yeah. them again. 
Go back and do it tomorrow. Yeah, just because we're getting on the note of HBO, if you have an account still or if you've got some trial going on, it's worth the watch if you haven't gotten around to it. I feel like most people have, but for the few that were like me and just never never sat down when it came out, I missed out. Definitely worth it. Check that out. Uh, for me, Brett, I've been revisiting uh, the Fast and Furious saga. Mm. And, yes. Uh, yes. Fast Five. I saw it. Uh, I got to say, I think it's the best one out of all of them. You get the introduction to my favorite Instagram tycoon, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I I don't know if this is a hot take. I'm sure it's been made before. That franchise can thank The Rock for what it is today. Yeah, I I shit on a lot, The Rock a lot for certain choices he's made, but I've heard a lot of people say that Fast Five is one of the best in that entire franchise. Yeah. And I do agree. When I first watched it, I thought it was a, f- a fun introduction of a character to have The Rock. I think it fits him. Just It's a big, explosive movie. He's one of the biggest, most explosive people in the entertainment industry. But the only thing I remember is when they dragged that safe on pretty much the 405. <laughs> the most Whatever the Brazilian 405 is, that's what they were dragging on. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds weird to say that uh, in a movie with The Rock, which is usually good for hundreds of millions of dollars, it's weird to say that this was a risk, but I think with the franchise, it was a risk because they went away from all the racing shit. Yeah. They went to the heist, trying to get a wider audience, and goddamn, it paid off. Yeah, and I don't know what the emotions were at the time when Fast Five came out, but... We had four Fast and Furious movies. I feel like people were already getting kind of tired of it. The fourth one sucked. I think by the fourth movie, they thought we've pretty much... (laughs) The oils run dry in this this vein of of films. Well, I'll tell you why the fourth one sucked. What's the fourth one called? Fast and Furious. Oh, yeah. They took out the thes. Yeah, they suck with titles. I will say that. The Fast and Furious franchise sucks ass when naming their movies. Yeah, the the, the new one's called F9. Yeah, the first one, <laughs> one was called Fate, and they just put the letter 8 <laughs> in there. Just in case you forgot it was the eighth movie. Furious 7. Yeah, they, the new, they just quit. They just they don't quit. even try. They know you're going to show up. Yeah. They know they are. I, my ass will be there for F9. I'll be in the theater. I don't know if Get I even on. saw Fate of the Furious. I I didn't see uh, Hobbs and Shaw. I didn't see that one. Either. I am curious to see how much of a role that is going to play. That's the only reason in F9, I want to watch it. Because they're technically starting an expanded universe, as weird as that is to say. So I'm curious what their version of Solo or Rogue One is going to play into the greater Fast and Furious Star Wars universe. But that's no, uh, I give them credit. It shouldn't be here, but not a lot of movies get to make. Not a lot of franchises get to make nine movies. You know, I, over a twenty-year period. Yeah, I don't think they're great, but damn, enough people are letting them make nine movies. They're great for what they are. Action that's movies true. That's that true. are designed to put asses in the theater. Just totally banking on 
the bank of you know the the <laughs> the profitability of <laughs> Vin and uh, the Rock and Statham now. I mean, that's all it is. They have their three stars, and that's really all they need. Ah, uh, god damn it! <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to space, Brett. Oh no! They're going to space. And it's we, we're to blame. Everyone that is buys tickets. This is one of the few times I could say that I'm not contributing because I can maybe get annoyed with a Star Wars or a Marvel, but I'm buying tickets every weekend. But I have never gone to see a Fast and Furious <laughs> movie in the theater, so I am not. I can finally say it's everyone else's fault that this is happening because they're paying. They're paying for these movies, and you're gonna that, blame me. I'm gonna blame you. <laughs> Well, you're there for Fast 9 or whatever the hell it's called. F9. Thank you very much. F9. You don't want to see Dominic Toretto in a space shuttle. No. You're lying <laughs> to yourself, Brett. <laughs> oh, what's the point? You're lying to yourself. You don't want to see Dom and Letty and uh, Roman in space. Is it, is it still about family, Zach, in space? Is it all about family? We're a family. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> if I had a dime for every time Vin said, We're family. <laughs> so in Fast Five, there was a brutal scene. Do you remember Vince from the first one? Who like hated uh he hated uh Brian. Just hated him. Uh, I'm not I'm not gonna lie to you, I don't remember a lot of the intricacies of the Fast and Furious dynasty. Well, you remember in the fourth one, Letty dies. I do remember her like disappearing or dying. I don't remember which one. Well, there's a scene where Vince and uh, Dom are yelling at each other. And Dom's like, we're a family, Vince. And (laughs) Vince says, we're a family? Where's Liddy? (laughs) And and Dom is just like, I'm going to kill you. Doesn't she come back, though? I'm pretty sure they just revive her. Yeah, she comes back in uh, the sixth one. She's back. That's, That's what I thought. She's not. It's like Han. You see Han. I do remember that. <laughs> you see Han explode twice, and they and they do not try to like give a teaser that he might be like they he, they show you his fucking explosion of his car. Yeah, and then he's just back eating yeah, well, a guess, bag of chips. Guess what, Brett? He's back for F nine. I know he is. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's back. Going to space. Who gives a shit? <laughs> well, well, let's get into our news here. Warner Brothers. As uh, listeners have probably heard by now, releasing all their 2021 movies on HBO Max. They're also releasing in the theater, but they're going to be releasing the same day on HBO Max. Got some notables here. The Tom and Jerry live action movie, which I know Brett is just dying to see. Just dying to see it. The Many Saints of Newark. The Sopranos prequel, which I am actually dying to see. Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, the third Conjuring movie, Space Jam 2, The Suicide Squad, The Elvis Biopic, <laughs> The Matrix 4, another Mortal Kombat movie, and the one that really hurts me, Dune. Yeah. Speaking of the Elvis movie, I saw a, a tweet that said, um, God, who's playing it? Austin Butler. Oh, I thought it was... Um, Ben, uh, Batman, what's his name? I can't even think of his name now. Batman. Just talked about him. No, talked about him last week from Gone Girl. 
Oh, Affleck. Yeah, Ben Affleck. I thought he was playing Elvis. No, nah, it's a uh, text from Once Upon a Time. I could have swore I saw something. I don't know what Affleck's doing. Hold on. I saw it because the way the, the article used the word, I don't think they know what it meant. <laughs> oh, grammar check, Brett? Well, they said it was like Ben Affleck is going to be playing the titular role of Elvis. And I was like, it's not the titular role if he's never done it before. <laughs> I guess not, but I did Google Ben Affleck Elvis. And the first thing that came up is a Wikipedia article that said 200 cigarettes. What the hell? He does smoke a lot of cigarettes. Oh, it's a movie. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Affleck does smoke. He does. Yeah, Interesting. It's, it's Austin Butler from uh, from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. If you've seen that movie, Tex. Mm. Tex from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is playing Elvis Presley in the Elvis biopic. Gotta say. Appearance-wise, pretty spot on. The young Elvis, Austin Butler. I'm seeing it. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Uh, who's directing that? Um, it looks like it's Baz Luhrmann. Oh shit! Yeah, Great Gatsby. He, yeah, it's the only one I know of. <sighs> yeah. Oh yes, yes, the wild Romeo and Juliet with yeah. Leo. Yep, the Leo Claire Danes. <laughs> Not sure who asked for it, but you no, know, it happened. Uh, I want, I want, to, I want to know your thoughts on this. Does you know? You figured this was going to come with it—the end of movie theaters narrative, which really has been a thing since the early '90s when direct-to-video became a thing and DVDs started taking off. People—that's when the end of movie theaters narrative started, and you know. I'm not saying this helps movie theaters because it doesn't, but I, I don't want to hear this narrative anymore. I really don't. <laughs> I want to know your thoughts on it. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think there's a real chance of the movie theaters we know it ending. I don't think it's going to be in the very, very n- near future, but I don't know. I hope it gives Hollywood a little shakeup. Because we're seeing what we're going to get into a little later is Hollywood scrambling to make that money back. So you're getting, you're going to get a wave, which is a great comment that someone I follow on Twitter is a filmmaker from Brooklyn, Cody Clark, who made the great observation that you're going to see a lot of fan service now to hopefully get people in the theaters that are going to be open to recoup some of that lost time and money Spider-Man three. during COVID. All of them, all these remakes, origins, like prequel bullshit. It's all it is is fan service to get some money back. And I hope that it kicks them in the butt and opens the door for other people to make more unique, creative, new ideas instead of just rehashing shit for idiots. I want you to. His Dune was the big blow for me. That's a movie, you know. Yeah. Your first viewing is meant to be seen in an IMAX theater. And that's why I kind of like that idea because there's only a select few movies that I think I want to go see in a movie theater. I'm not, I don't give a shit if I see Space Jam, a new legacy. <laughs> it doesn't deserve that's the Tom money Jay? that a ticket costs. No. 
Godzilla vs. Kong, not really. The only one in this notable list that we have written down that I would really, really want to see in theater is Dune. Even the new Suicide Squad, as excited as I might be for that take, doesn't matter if I see it in the theater or not. The James Gunn Suicide Squad. Yeah. What, what about uh, Matrix 4? Or do you think that falls under the franchise rehashing stuff? Uh... I mean, it depends at the, what they do with the narrative. But again, yeah, I just wish there was more money being spent on new projects, new IPs, than sequels. I mean, <laughs> Dune, like I said, your first viewing is meant to be in a theater. I mean, you remember seeing, like, when we went and saw Inception in the theater over the summer, we were both blown away. Mm-hmm. If you, I remember seeing Avatar in the theater. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's what I I think that's what Dune was gonna be. And there's a quote at the, I put, Denny Villeneuve who directed Dune, had some thoughts on this decision to put everything on HBO Max. Why don't you go ahead and read that, the listeners? Denny was not happy. Yeah, here's his quote. I learned in the news that Warner Brothers had decided to release Dune on HBO Max, which is tough. It's like being an NBA player and finding out on Twitter right. you've been traded. They don't right. give you that phone call. What the hell? Uh, but uh, has decided to release Dune on HBO Max at the same time as our theatrical release, using prominent images from our movie to promote their streaming service. With this decision, AT&T has hijacked one of the most respectable and important studios in film history. There's absolutely no love for cinema, nor for the audience here. It is all about the survival of a telecom mammoth, one that is currently bearing an astronomical debt of more than $150 billion. Fuck them. Therefore, even though Dune is about cinema and audiences, AT&T is about its own survival on Wall Street. With HBO Max's launch a failure thus far, AT&T decided to sacrifice Warner Brothers' entire 2021 slate in a desperate attempt to grab the audience's attention, which I think is a spot-on quote, and I am here for the slander of Warner Brothers. I totally get where he's coming from. and I honestly can't find anything. Like I don't know if the $150 billion debt is accurate, but... I totally, I can't find anything wrong with his statement here. Hijacked is a hell of a word to use. Yeah, I mean, we've talked on numerous occasions about studio interference and all that. I mean, this is the highest degree yeah. of some of that kind of stuff. And like you said, to find out, because <laughs> the quote at the end here, he says, Dune is by far the best movie I've ever made. Mm-hmm. And this guy has made Sicario, he's made Arrival, yeah. he's made I Prisoners. Mean, <laughs> It's tough because he's right, where HBO Max and AT&T could really care less how Dune does on their service. They just wanted to bring enough people to HBO Max to get them to watch something else on HBO Max to get them to renew or buy into the subscription to stay on. They could care less if anyone actually watches uh, Dune if they watch it on their phone, they don't care. Or yeah, they don't care. They, they just want you to watch it. Yeah, they want people to be stuck on HBO Max, which, I mean, we've talked about it before. We're seeing Disney Plus do this. Whether or not you like these services releasing their show, like any network 
uh, any network would, where it's one episode a week. Right, whereas like sometimes we get we get spoiled with Netflix for some shows just dropping the whole season, doing that to keep you subscribed. If we release a season over a period of, you know, four or five months, you're going to have to renew four or five times. So depending on how you view that, this is in that same vein. I feel for someone like Denis, who's truly just trying to make the best movie possible, wants people to see his specific vision. We talked about it with Nolan when Tenet was supposed to be this tentpole movie right. to see how theaters were doing and how screwed over he was. And how yeah. there's a certain viewing that he thinks the audience deserves to see a movie. And it's the same reason that I get annoyed if I see someone watching Dunkirk on an airplane. Like <laughs> I get it. Not everybody has to love movies the same way I do, but I feel like you're not giving yourself a proper experience. The first viewing, especially like Tenet, you and I both saw Tenet mm-hmm. in IMAX, which is, it was filmed on IMAX camera. That's how you're supposed to see it you're, for your first time, at least. Yeah. And that's exactly what Dune was. Yeah, it's, and Tenet is being released, I think, on VOD here pretty soon in the next couple of weeks. And I'm going to watch it and show it to my dad and my brother. As good as I think it's going to be for them, they'll never have, unless they do an Inception type re-release in a theater at a later date, they're never going to have that just jaw-dropping experience that we got in the theater that day. No, and it's a shame... But I'll play devil's advocate here for like two seconds. I get the business side of it. Yeah. For the studio. I mean, for AT&T, I guess. Because there's no end in sight with with COVID. And you got to make something off these movies while you can. Now, I definitely fall on the artistic side with you and Denny Villeneuve. Because, I mean, this guy put in work. This probably took at least two years to film another five or six months to edit like yeah and uh, and for him to find out in the news that his 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 art his project his the thing he's bled and sweat over is going to be on a streaming service yeah it wasn't even consulted and most people are probably going to watch it on the streaming service I would say a lot of people are going to watch it on there, whether that be they choose to or maybe they're forced to because of their city or whatever has a stricter policy on something at the moment. I just, I don't know. If I was Denny, I just, I get it. It's not entirely his because the studio has partial rights to it and all that. And But I would like just, ATD, just get fucked. I could care less about your $150 billion yeah, dead. Right. Burn in a squalor. I could care no less than I do about how... A studio like that or how are, AT&T. How are you in that much debt? No, Has it I, been that bad for you during the pandemic that you lose $150 billion? You're a phone company. Phones didn't stop working. <laughs> I mean, I know they have other entities, but I mean, I, mean, I'm I, have not no, a business I, have, guy. I have no sympathy for a billion dollars. No. Money. You can get fucked. No, I don't. No. Like I said, I get the business decision, but... If these movies failed, I wouldn't feel bad for you. I'd feel bad for Denny. Yeah. Or I'd even feel bad for the schmuck who directed Tom and Jerry. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, it is what it is. I don't... I think this could be the future. I don't think it's the immediate future, though. I mean, I don't think... Because in that article from, from... 
from uh, this Denny quote. This is a one-year thing. As far as they're planning now, this isn't going to happen in 2022. So it just seems like a one-year thing. I, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I wonder what the stats will be. You know, My advice is if it's killing you and your city is not a select theater for one of these movies that you're itching to watch, maybe. But I would still advise don't watch any of the garbage on HBO Max. No. Hopefully you see what you want to see in a theater or wait until it becomes cheaper or released somewhere else. But don't subscribe to this, to HBO Max for this move. <laughs> like... I don't know. Even like I said, like nice, nice TVs here. It's still not going to be the experience that the artist wanted. And I get it. I mean, for some people, they don't care. It's not yes, the no. same. No, they don't. They might not care about that vision. But I think it's. I don't know. <sighs> moving on to bunch of bastards. <laughs> well, moving on to another company we have conflicted feelings about Disney. <laughs> Richer bastards, but a, a company we're forced to put up with because they own everything we love. <laughs> they really do. Oh, so fucking mouse. Disney had their annual investor day this past week, and a bombardment of releases being announced, most of which we already knew about, and some of which we've already covered on this show with the Marvel stuff. So we're just going to go through the, for time's sake, we're just going to go through the notable ones. So from Lucasfilm, some Star Wars properties here. We got Andor, which is a series on Cassian from Rogue One. What, uh, uh, any interest in that? I mean, obviously there's interest because it's Star Wars, but what, what are you, and you're a Star yeah. Wars fan. But Again. What do you stand just... on that? Are they milking it? Are they milking it? Oh, 100%. The only one, I mean, all the, that feels like fan service. Ahsoka, especially because of the right the stuff with the Mandalorian right. and this new season, that's direct fan service. After that, quite possibly one of the biggest fan service-y things that's been announced years it's, ago. It's the biggest. Oh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, which is bringing back Hayden Christensen <laughs> as Darth Vader. You're, you're, you're all for this, Brett. You're all for this fan service on this aren't you you're all for it i am excited Don't act to like see <laughs> those two characters back but i am at the same time annoyed that it's just rehashing stuff like that even the bad batch is just fan service for people that like the clone wars right and that's a that's something i'm all in on because it is fan service i'm conflicted about the fan service thing really because it's nice in the moment but I know what they're doing it for. Well, the Spider-Man three one is egregious. I, I'm getting an, I'm, I'm starting to get pissed off when I keep seeing an article that somebody else is getting a role in that fucking movie. Like uh, Jamie Foxx wasn't even good in amazing Spider-Man two. Why does he get another? Fact, there's, there's 75 people in that movie. Yeah. I can't wait for them to reannounce or to say that they're bringing back all the Green Goblins. <laughs> the Amazing Spider-Man Green Goblin, James Venom. Franco Green Goblin. Bringing back Topher Grace Venom. Yeah, dude, Venom's going to show up in the third act again. <laughs> Uncle Ben's going to come back? You know, Uncle Ben gets revived. He's a <laughs> <now. laughs> 
I think I'm still exhausted. Bone saw. Bone saw comes back. I don't know if I'm ready for MCU shit though. I am still just decompressing from ten years and Endgame. Oh. And, oh. Like, I just don't know if I'm ready for more horse shit. Hey, careful! It's not horse shit. <laughs> I know what you mean, but it's not horse shit. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. I'll see how it goes. This last one, uh, I forgot to mention Rogue Squadron. Yeah, going to be directed by Patty Jenkins. That'll be a movie. Yeah, I, I guess. If it's not terrible, it'll be cool. But I tell you right now, I have a inkling that Andor, Ahsoka, The Bad Batch, Rogue Squadron will all be very, very forgettable. I don't want to say laughably forgettable. But I will say very, very forgettable. I think Andor is a one and done. One yeah. season and that's it. I think all of those. I, don't, I think the only reason I don't think that the Obi-Wan series will be forgettable is because of the Ewan McGregor. crazy. Yeah, Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, the culture around the prequels, how they have not let the prequels die. I think they're going to keep that show alive. The <laughs> Us included, but even more than us. The diehard fans of the prequels and especially of Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor won't let that go. The movie you have next up, I couldn't I I don't give a shit. It's mind numbing. I don't give a shit. And what makes it worse, Harrison Ford really doesn't give a shit. <laughs> but he allowed himself five. He allowed Han Solo to be killed. That's how he doesn't he hasn't cared for five years, Brett. He did have a funny comment about how when he's done, he doesn't want anybody else to play Indiana Jones. Like he, for some reason, thinks he has the rights to the character Indiana Jones, which newsflash, Harrison, you have no say for anything involving that character. <laughs> they're going to make 35 Indiana Jones hey, movies and they're not going to give consult you one bit. As Crystal Skull showed us so gloriously, he has no say over the character. No. But yeah, this is a movie when it was announced. I, I think I was like, okay, cool. I Indiana Jones 5, which is going to be directed by James Mangold. They confirmed it, which I like. Yeah, directed Ford v. Ferrari most recently. Right, directed 310 to Yuma, Logan. Good director. Walked the yeah. line. Yeah, I just don't know if I would have picked up this franchise. It's. I wonder if he was like Indiana Jones is bigger than ever right now. You better jump in, James. It's only going up from here. This is the most. (laughs) Harrison's about to die. We got to get this out. I really hope that's like the early on in the Irishman, where we get to see Robert De Niro. Kick that man on the ground, and that they're trying to show that he's badass and a tough guy. (laughs) But once you hit a certain age, he can't move as smooth, and that still makes me laugh when he fake kicks that guy on the ground. It looks so jerky, but I really hope there's a some athleticism involved in Indiana Jones Five, and we just get to see a decrepit Harrison Ford stumble his way through. (laughs) Tries to throw the whip. Let's go if it slips out of his hand. Arthritic, artificial knee, bad driving. Or he just says, fuck it. He just starts blasting. He doesn't use the whip anymore. He's old enough that he starts shooting first. <laughs> Not fucking around with this whip shit anymore. It just turns into the Rambo franchise. He carries on a shotgun around with him now. 
What happened to the whip? Fuck Indy? the whip. Fuck the whip. Indy drops an F-bomb? Yeah. I'm 75. I'm not whipping anything. Where's Mutt? <laughs> yeah, will uh, Mutt Williams, Shia's character, make an appearance? But... No, no. I can assume he died off screen. <laughs> He's they'll, they'll he's off somewhere exploring. He's dead. But they they, the they killed him off him. screen. The aliens took him from Crystal Skull. <laughs> they took him with. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, that that one's kind of baffling because it's clear it was clear in 2008 the franchise had ran its course. Yeah, I don't know what 12 years has shown them, but um, I don't know. Kind of baffling. I don't think I'm gonna be there to see it in the theater. No. But uh, I don't know. It seems like a cash grab, but we'll see. Um, I want to get into the Obi-Wan thing more because this is the one that – this is the big ticket for the Star Wars stuff. Because I just think it's funny, Hayden Christensen's arc. I mean, this guy – people were conflicted about him, to say the least, in the moment when the prequels are going on. And now I, I just think it's funny how he's just a beloved figure in the Star Wars culture. Yeah, he definitely was not a popular guy. No. I mean And he did jumper and he kind of faded out of Hollywood. Yeah. But uh, then you have the opposite for Ewan McGregor, who everyone has always adored and loved, who's in recent years been getting more and more film roles. Yeah. But Doctor Sleep last year. Yeah, I, it's just yeah, it's very funny how all all his all of his scenes get shat on, and now they're like, Darth Vader, you're back. Do you think him being beloved now is a result of the Disney Skywalker saga films not pleasing the masses, to say the least? I think that's part of it. I definitely think the stock has risen for the prequel trilogy since the release of the sequels. <laughs> Talk about fan service. This is a mix of fan service and maybe realizing you fucked up. Yeah. Because they've seen, hang on a minute. We, people don't like seven through nine that much. <laughs> There's a diehard the following. Shit. There's a diehard following for that third movie. Let's go back to the old shit. I don't know. I've always liked Hayden Christensen. I'd always rooted for him, so I'm excited uh, for him to get back in. And, and I think, yeah, part of his scenes and delivery were awkward. He didn't write the fucking movie. He didn't no, he write didn't. the dialogue in Georgie. one, two, three. That was all Georgie. <laughs> Getting a little too up in his own thoughts. But And honestly, if you've seen the movie Shattered Glass mm-hmm. with him, the acting style, at least the delivery of the dialogue, is pretty identical. Yeah, I don't think he's a phenomenal actor. I think he really shines if everything is formatted to him. If you really work well with his strengths and just get away very far away from his weaknesses, which I think is fair for probably any actor. But if you don't just throw him in, if you tailor a portion of the film or show or anything around him specifically, I think he'll shine. It's it's going to be interesting. He's going to be in the suit again, which he was in. He was in the Vader suit in episode three for a couple of minutes. So. Yeah. 
I am excited at the promise. Again, the focus is on Obi-Wan, so who knows how much we'll get here and there. But this is technically the start of or hitting the prime of Vader and Palpatine just wreaking havoc. Was it you that told me it takes place 10 years after Revenge of the Sith? Or five? I I thought it was three to five. I don't know if it was quite 10, but it's definitely... He's like he's mourned and everything, but now he's moved on, and now he's just beaten the universe up. Because a new hope is thirty years after Episode Three. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that would make more sense if it was. Like I think it's like three, three to five. Four. Yeah, so he's in the prime of. He's still young, angry. You think we see any Yoda? <sighs> and he visits his Dagobah. Oh, they've got it with the hype of. Baby Yoda, they're gonna have to. I have to imagine they threw in a scene. Bring Frank Oz back. Bring the puppet back. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Dust off the old raggedy puppet. <laughs> or they do CGI Yoda, which I was a fan of. Yeah. I don't know. I think hopefully we get to see, because he's gonna be in the suit, maybe a limber, quick moving Darth Vader if there are action scenes with him. Yeah. Like not see him just walk very slowly, just force choke everybody and throw him aside. Well, Vader's temple is rumored to be involved, so mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm all for that. But yeah, that's definitely the one out of all the Star Wars stuff I'm most excited for. It should be mentioned, uh, Taika Waititi, which we already knew, but it got confirmed he's doing a Star Wars film too. So, yep, that will undoubtedly be good. Yeah, I mean, I'm way more excited for anything expanded universe than canon right now. Right. And it looks like they're finally deciding the Skywalkers are done. And that's, it's for the best. It's me, Ray Star Wars. <laughs> you should have just said it's Ray, just Ray. Ray. Like you did earlier. Ray Lucasfilm. <laughs> I think she still should have winked in the camera when she said Skywalker. And then the Looney Tunes music comes on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I once wanted to make that edit somewhere. (laughs) And there's a porky pig saying, that's all folks. (laughs) I would have got up in the theater and yelled, fuck you, fuck this, give me my money back. Um, I might have been more satisfied with that ending with the Looney Tunes outro. It's Ray. Ray (laughs) Lucasfilm. (laughs) Fuck! One more thing on the Obi-Wan show. Have you heard that theory about why Hayden Christensen was like so flat when he was Mm -hmm. playing Anakin? I don't think so. The well, it's a theory that makes George Lucas look like the greatest genius in terms of casting of all time. Because the idea is that Anakin is very psychologically troubled, where he doesn't have a father. He's been shut off from basically every female in the universe except his mother. He spends his days with fucking Watto at the scrapyard. A ladies' man. (laughs) All right, don't get it twisted. By ladies, you mean hookers, Brett. Listen, Watto fucks (laughs) and you know it. He's a lady. He pays man. for it. <laughs> He's not illegal, all right? 
It's a business transaction. But I don't know what the laws are in Tatooine regarding prostitution, but they're loose. They're, they're very lax. loose. Yeah, it is the huts, so I'm guessing it's. I've never seen a police officer there, so the planet well, is run by the huts. <laughs> Keep that they don't really. <laughs> they're not known for their strict laws no, on prostitution. There are whores running around on on, on Tatooine. That's they openly keep slaves. So. <laughs> But think prostitution is high on That's their. That's what Anakin was—a fucking slave. Yeah, I don't think prostitution is higher on their worry list. No, it's not. But the theory—that's the theory—is that he was so troubled in the head. That. Yeah. I mean, he wouldn't know any other way to act in this awkward delivery and stuff. I I do think you can make a lot of excuses that sound plausible for that movie, but. That's a fair one to make. I don't know if it's true or not. Obviously, that's assuming a lot about George Lucas and the casting. Way more those, depth went into that than we thought. And those conversations. This is coming from the same man who really wanted Jar Jar Binks. I don't know how inclined I am to believe he's that well thought out and cares that much. But, I mean, it's the thing about the theory is if you want to believe it, there's breadcrumbs there to believe. If you don't, the movie still falls flat in a lot of the dialogue scenes, so you don't have to believe it either. But hope for the best. I think you and I are both from the school of thought that, well, episode three is at least our favorite one. I think, yeah. I personally think, out of the Star Wars films, it's the best one. I've seen it the most by far. Yeah, well, I think this it was the case for me. I, I bet it's probably the case for you. The first one you saw in the theater. Maybe the first one you saw, period. I mean, it came out in 05. We were like eight or nine. Mm-hmm. That, that to us, the prequels to you and me, are that's Star Wars to us. Yeah. You know? And we've talked about it at length. You have some of the greatest duels in the entire franchise in the same movie. Four of them. And a couple of them happened simultaneously. Right. <laughs> yeah oh my god that's the best scene in the whole saga that's oh the best god. scene in the whole saga I'll, I'll die on that hill oh yeah I'll die on that hill uh, moving on to Pixar really only one notable thing a light year movie T- talk about a light year movie talk about not giving a shit <laughs> I wonder what that toy did before <laughs> the first one you sat on a shelf in a Walmart, probably. So this, clearly Brennus is not as excited for this one as I am. <laughs> well, we, we've, we've discussed in previous episodes, like to me, Toy Story definitely is important, impactful to your childhood. It did not have the same. No, nah, not for you. With my childhood. You, which is fine. You were a Masters of Disguise kid, and that's, <laughs> that's fine. I was a kid of taste. I actually saw that at... Uh, Disc replay. I almost, I almost bought it for you. You have to. It's <laughs> if there was any film I would give a perfect score, I'm, it might be Masters of Disguise. Brett Sexton's top five films: <laughs> Citizen Kane, The Godfather, Masters of Disguise. <laughs> uh, but that is actually not the plot of Lightyear, Brett. It is not. Box on a Walmart shelf. No, no, my friend. It is actually about him training at the Space Academy or whatever the fuck you call it. To be a toy? 
To be a space ranger. Uh, <laughs> to fight evil Emperor Zerg, Brittis. Does the movie end with him being shoved in a box? <laughs> now that I can't confirm or deny. <laughs> but interesting, Tim Allen not voicing Buzz. It's Chris Evans. Yeah. I don't know. I again, I think it's gonna be. I just think it's gonna be fucking forgettable, and it's just a cash grab. <laughs> hey, I I like it. I like it. I'm a big Buzz Lightyear guy. Give me more Buzz. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But that was really the only Pixar. Yeah. And as far as I know, that's coming out on Disney Plus. Uh, hopefully in theaters. No, it'll be on theaters. It'll be on theaters. Uh, and then the Marvel news, Bredis. We've kind of hit on Spider-Man 3. It seems like if you've been in a Spider-Man movie before, you're going to be in this one. Oh, my God. Now, here's here's where I stand on the fan service with, with Spider-Man. It's it's tough because I love it. I love that Toby's coming back. I love that uh, Alfred Molina's coming back to play Doc Ock. I love it, but it's a little too much fan service. All I'll say is, granted, different circumstances, different studio, different writers, different producers, smarter people at the helm now. All I'm going to say is, shit got fucked when there were maybe four or five people in the cast in Spider-Man 3. There was too much at play with two villains on the screen. Now I think there's like 12. I just, the same worries I had, you know, about Spider-Man 3, this stuff that just gets so convoluted is just reappearing here. And this is the most fan service movie I've ever heard of. Every day I feel like I see a tweet that someone else has been added to the cast. Well, it's going to be weird because going off how Far From Home ended... It kind of makes sense because J.K. Simmons was back as Jameson. But I, I, I don't know how I don't know how all these people coming back plays into the world knowing Peter is Spider-Man. I is the movie going to be 15 hours or all these characters getting six Are they just like cameos? Yeah, right. Yeah. Are they getting 30 seconds of screen time each? I mean, who knows? Because, yeah, they talk about, oh, but now there's multiverse of spider-man is that going to be the plot but now you have all these previous villains coming in is that the plot are they all going to fight are we think you're trying to do a lot here with one movie and there might be a curse of the third spider-man movie that maybe that's where shit is just meant to fall you didn't have to put it you didn't have to say it bro come on maybe two spider-man movies is just where we should stop (laughs) spider-man wanted to what if they titled it Spider-Man Two and a Half? Would you be more optimistic? No. <laughs> you can trick try to trick my brain with the two, but I know it's the third movie. Look, Andrew Garfield got two. They knew a third one wasn't going to go well, so they just said no. Nah. We're at the second one right now. We're on a pretty good place, yeah. just like the original McGuire trilogy. Yeah. A lot of characters are being added. But I do give him the benefit of the doubt because, like I said, much smarter men are at the helm of the production and the studio. 
I find it weird all these people are in this movie and not the Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, the multiverse of madness. This is where it would make a lot more sense. Unless they're hoping that that might be too high concept, too confusing, that they're going to set the the foundation here and a lot, some of that will bleed into... I mean, who, who knows? Maybe Spider-Man will have a pretty big cameo in Multiverse of Madness because he'll have this experience with some multiverse stuff in Spider-Man 3. I, I just don't know. That could be... Now, I'm all for the fan service. I just think they're going a little overboard here. And I think it could take away from, like, the creative voice because if all you're doing is listening to fans and what what we want, how much say does does the director and the production crew really have? Yeah. If you're just listening to the masses. Yeah, whoever the director is, create your own vision, make your own movie. People might not like it. It's it's your project. It's your movie. Make it how you want. Do what you think is right. If people don't like it, people don't like it. Yeah, you do too much of it. It gets back to the argument of movies in general. If if a movie is for everybody, it's for nobody. Now, that being said, Brettus... How excited are you for Spider-Man 3? Because <laughs> I'm pretty fucking pumped. You know, I don't know. I don't. Oh, come on, come on. I, I think I'm a, a weirdly neutral. I think, like I said earlier, I don't know where I'm at. Like, with the break from Marvel, if I am have enough time away from that property, especially with the slew of shows on Disney+, Plus, they're going to be launching to go from nothing to having a lot of MCU stuff back in my face again. I don't know even if the masses are ready to be bombarded with Marvel again so soon, but I'm not, not excited for it. I just, unlike these first phases, the past 10 years of Marvel where I was all in sold on this new idea. I'm just not, I'm not sold on this newer era yet. I think once I see like the Eternals and what they're doing with, the multiverse and all of that, what direction they're going for in their phases, who a newer, bigger villain might be. Maybe I'll be more excited, but I don't know. I'm I just, I just, it was so long. I was so like when the end game ended, I was honestly burnt out on the MCU. Right. And that's something I never thought would happen. Yeah. Cause Especially I mean, after, you know, 11 years of it. Yeah. It was constant. There wasn't, crazy things every year but every year there was at least a movie to watch to connect to think about theories over dissect and all of that now i'm looking up on the cast here for spider-man 3 the only villains i see that have been cast are electro and doc ock who are played by the old actors and Doctor Strange is in the movie. Oh, I really hope there's a new villain in a movie about fan service. We're just going to rehash the villains. Come on. It's so lazy to me. Oh, well, this could change your mind, Brettus. Electro will not be blue in this film. Oh, fuck. I'm in. Because <laughs> honestly, that was my biggest gripe with The Amazing Spider-Man was, was the color of Electro. Dude. It was like... He's too blue. I don't know. I can't get in. It's green and yellow. It's green and yellow. That's Electro. Not you turn blue. you turn him green and yellow. The Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man Two are the two best Spider-Man films by far. Exactly, bro. Exactly. <laughs> now you understand. Now you understand. Holy shit! Oh no. 
Going the, to the dude that plays Ned. Holy shit, he lost 120 pounds yeah. in this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw that on Twitter. Holy fuck. Yeah. Good God, what, what happened? Did the snap just, did the Thanos snap make him realize, man, I got to get in shape here. Well, I mean, what happened? I feel like that was probably some studio, like, we would like you to not be how you currently are. You know, we just... You could lose a couple You think there was shaming going on? Probably, because they're probably going to let him have more of a bigger role, maybe some more physical feats, and the studio was like, we don't think it's a good look. I hope there wasn't we, we would like you to. We would like you to get jacked for this role. <laughs> I hope there wasn't shaming. Shit. No one put it past him. It doesn't sound like Marvel, but... It doesn't sound like Hollywood. <laughs> no. Pressuring that? No, no. No, 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 no. no. 120 pounds, man, that's a lot. It is. Good for him. That's a lot of hard work, but... Yeah. The last category here, uh, good note to end on. Yeah, well, uh, jumping ahead of ourselves, Brett, is Fantastic Four. Oh. Yeah. 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 Wait, you're not optimistic? <laughs> I, here's, I, don't, I want to say a little something about it. Sure, right? All right, listen. The it it's an understatement to say the the three Fantastic Four movies we've gotten haven't done the team justice. Thanks but, for uh, for a group of characters, Victor Von Doom, especially Mister Fantastic, from like the Illuminati in the comics, they should be the most utmost care and delicacy, and they've often given the worst hand. They've been slighted the worst. You know, the, any of these films. The one that came out in 05, the first one, it wasn't great, but it gave them something to stand on for the It future. had promise. You had that one, and then you had The Wedding, was the second movie. It was The Wedding video. The Silver Surfer. And those, the Fantastic Four, The Wedding. Yeah. That was 45 minutes of that movie. <laughs> The movie, the second Fantastic Four movie was wet, The Silver Server is a Wedding Crasher. <laughs> the Fantastic Four were, and, the, and the crashing of the wedding. Were Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson at the wedding? Yeah. We're crashing <laughs> it and all that. But yeah, not great. Then just the remake, I just think was the worst part to me, not even how boring it was at times. Just, I guess it is boring, but bland. It was the worst one of the three. And it was like it looked really cool. It just did nothing. They didn't try to do anything new, anything innovative, no new storytelling. They just retold again how they got their fucking powers. It's like showing Batman's parents die. I get it. He's an orphan. I know what that means. Hey, guess guess who the villain was, Brett? You'll never guess. Well, I know it. I knew it. Oh, damn it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. They just they didn't try anything. So well, along with it being ugh. boring and just not that good of a movie, you can't even give them props for telling an interesting story or from a new angle or maybe this character doesn't. No, it's just the same movie worse. But, so no, my hopes are not high. Oh, what? 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 what are they it's starting from ground zero, Brett. It's in the MCU's hands now. It's Kevin Feige. And you know what? A good 30, 40 minutes of this movie are going to be, Zach? Them getting their goddamn powers What if again. it's not? 
It is. What if it's not? If it's not, we didn't see Spider-Man get his point. They get his powers. How long did that take? It took a while to get to that point. We had to see it twice, Zach. And we've seen it twice in Fantastic Four. Oh, if they don't, I'll give them props to that for speeding up the movie so I don't have to fuddle with them getting hit with a shockwave or some bullshit from space. <laughs> but I just, like, what Look, do I have to, again, I know Marvel's at the helm. It's like Spider-Man. It's confident people at the helm. So I, I guess I can be a little optimistic, but when your batting average is 0 for 3, because even the first one, don't care for it. Really? Yeah. Because all it does is set the groundwork for a shitty movie and then it gets rebooted by a shitty movie. (laughs) You don't need me and Brett to tell you the 2015 Fantastic Four sucks. But I can tell you why it sucks. You said it was bland. Do you want to know how long that movie is, Brett? Which one? The 2015. Isn't it like like super short? It's like an hour and a half. Yeah, it feels like forever. What the fuck are we doing? And I think it's adorable. I think it's adorable Josh Trank wants to blame the studio. Because oh, this has yeah. become a, a pattern with him. Capone sucked. Oh, the studio really just did Just shut up. This is a pattern. You make bad movies and you, you blame the studio when things go wrong. You're going to blame the studio. <laughs> for making a movie about Capone shitting his pants. Yeah. Fuck out of here, Josh Trank. It's not the, the greatest. Fuck out of here. But the thing about Fantastic Four for me, John Watts is directing. He directed both of the MCU Spider-Man movies. Um, yeah. <clears throat> he's also directing the third one. Here's who I would have picked to direct it, Brett. Brad Bird, director of The Incredibles. I would be interested to see his take on live action films because he's got protocol. Did oh yeah, I guess he did make Ghost Protocol. I totally forgot about that. I didn't even know he made. I I just assumed their original director made Ghost Protocol. I don't know. I'd 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 be down with that. He's got experience. I'd be down with the family superheroes. You know? Well, the bar's at the fucking floor, so. <laughs> and the thing, you mentioned Reed Richards. For those who aren't as familiar with the books as you and me are, Reed Richards is to the books what Tony Stark is to the movies. Yeah. And the fact that <clears throat> Fox messed it up so bad. You know what makes me laugh with the Fantastic Four is not a single... Not counting animated, I guess. I'm unaware of any good animated stuff, but not a single live-action interpretation of Fantastic Four has been good, ever. The 60s one, which they tried to throw into a black hole that no one will remember, exists. <laughs> the unreleased one? Yeah. They've never successfully done anything right with the Fantastic Four, and it's so vital to any expanded universe that you would ever do with Marvel properties, and they fuck it up. Every that's an 0 for 4 batting average. It's, they've never hit the ball. It's nothing but a disservice they've done to the Fantastic Four. Nothing but a, they're a joke. 
they're a joke to the mainstream fans, which is a goddamn shame because these guys are important as hell. They are vital, they are. essential in the comic books. They saw and this they're kid. a laughing stock in other media. It's, it's embarrassing. They saw this kid in the minor leagues. They brought him up, and he is swung and missed at every ball that they threw to him. They got in the bright lights, the big stadium, and he's missed every ball. Didn't, didn't even bunt. Didn't even touch the bat. No, no. Closed his eyes and just swung at every ball. <laughs> now he's sitting at the dugout with his contract, sitting over a fire. Now, I, we, can, we can only hope. I think they'll get it right. I, I, have a lot of, I have a lot of faith. And really, this was the one that nobody saw coming in the announcements. They just assumed it was a dead franchise. <laughs> right. No, I mean, we figured they'd do it eventually, but not this soon. The only thing that would have been more surprising is a revitalized uh, X-Men, X-Men movie. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I, I would have been like, well, we got to let that settle first, boys. <laughs> Dark Phoenix is still, still no, out there. No, no. They'd be like, Dark Phoenix? What? What's that? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> that movie that came out a couple years ago? No, no, no. I'll, one day I'll watch that movie. I say that like I'm ever going to watch Iron Fist. But well, what day will that be? It's the day after you die. <laughs> yeah, you could have it running at my funeral in the background. <laughs> Zach, why are you showing this? He would have wanted this. He would have wanted this. <laughs> and you kind of hinted at it, but the last thing to talk about tonight, uh, some... Additions to the National Film Registry, Bredis. Oh, yes. Some great entries. Some great entries. Uh, here, I wrote down six notable ones. The Clockwork Orange from Kubrick. Surprised that one wasn't already in there. If you would have asked me, I would have just guessed it's been in there for years. Right. I would have guessed the Blues Brothers was in there, too. Yeah. And Grease. Oh, Yeah. That's, Which have both made it this year. I, Greece, I, what the what the hell? That's what I probably would first think of if you asked me to think of a musical as Greece. Yeah, that or West Side Story or something like mm. that. Yeah, there is kinda... one black sheep in this list, though. One movie I was that Lord clawed from the depths of hell to make it into the film registry. And I will say, it is a franchise, and I think it is fair to say the only movie of the franchise that will ever see the registry <laughs> i was as shocked as you to see shrek chosen for the film registry this year look i like shrek shrek's a good movie film registry i wonder if michael myers ever thought he was going to be in a movie that's in the film registry <laughs> and if he did did he think it'd be the animated feature about an ogre Named Shrek. Like how how shocked were you to see this? I was pretty stunned, especially with what the list we put here together: A Clockwork Orange, Grease, The Blues Brothers, Hurt Locker, and The Dark Knight. Oscar-winning movies. <laughs> Shrek. <laughs> hey, Shrek won an Oscar. Oh, no, wait. I don't know if it did. I know it was nominated for best feature, animated feature. I think. Yeah, that was the inaugural award for that. Yeah. I think I, Shrek was too Monsters strange Inc. for the crowd. Oh, Monsters, Inc. was in that one. Shit. It beat Monsters, Inc. Good old Shrek. Is that right? That, that can't be right. Ogres have layers, Zach. 
Ogres have layers. I can't be right. Zach, they imply donkey and a dragon have sex in that film. It did. It won Best Animated Feature. Shrek Zach. won the first ever Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. It was also nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. Adapted? What? I think the Academy doesn't know what the fuck the word adapted means. Adapted from what? Look, I don't want to hate on Shrek. I like Shrek, but... No, yeah, the first Shrek is great. What are, we, what are you talking about when you're talking about the film registry? You're talking yeah. about the Hall of Fame. I'm talking about, yeah, movies that impact or change the course of, like, film. That I guess we, when, it's like what we talk about when we, when we say the best picture category. Like, it's a film I should still want to watch and talk about in a decade. I shouldn't forget about it by the next couple Oscars. Like, Toy Story is in the film registry. Yeah. Not upset by that. Yeah, it's one of the best animated films that has ever been made. What the hell is this adapted from? Again, I don't think they know what that word means. I think if they like a script enough and they run out of spots for the best original screenplay, they say, fuck it, just say it was adapted. Oh, shit, Brett. You mentioned Mike Myers. Listen to this. Chris Farley was cast as Shrek, recording nearly all of the required dialogue. I want to re-release it. Give me that. Give me that cut. <laughs> Fuck the Snyder cut. <laughs> the Farley cut. Give me the Farley cut. <laughs> Hashtag release the Farley cut. <laughs> I, I would pay to see that. So again, I don't know if you heard my comment earlier, Zach. They a donkey has sex with a dragon, and that movie. Oh yeah, I heard you. I just chose not to acknowledge it. And it's in the film registry. Yeah, they fucked. <laughs> They have children in the later movies. Little donkey yeah. with donkeys with wings. Yeah, they they, yeah, they they did things in the bedroom. I, yeah, I just when I think of the registry, I think of films like The Dark Knight, A Clockwork Orange, that impact and change the film, going audience, film history, all that. Something tells me Shrek's not the worst movie in there, though. I got a, I got a feeling it's it's not. I'm sure there's worse movies in there somewhere. <laughs> Would you rather watch Shrek or Metropolis, Brett? Don't kid Shrek. Don't kid yourself. Come on, yeah, Shrek. Go on. <laughs> Metropolis is is one of those movies where you can be like, wow, that is a very cool technological achievement and a great achievement in film history. I don't need to watch that fucking movie ever again. <laughs> Especially if you watch the version that has no sound accompanying the film yeah just music right i don't think we want to we even watch the music version i thought after the fact we found a version that had like cool like sci-fi music made by someone to accompany it but i think we just watched a silent movie for 400 hours the one we watched in class i didn't have music i don't remember it i also feel like i zoned out into a different dimension several times watching that film <laughs> my eyes glossed over yeah <laughs> but you hit on the last two, the Hurt Locker and obviously the Dark Knight. I can't stress enough how impressive it is that those two movies are in already. Yeah. They've only been out for 12 years. I mean, it seems like the Dark Knight's been around. I can't remember a time in my life when the Dark Knight wasn't around. Well, if it was up to us, it would have been put in there in 2009. <laughs> Yeah, been in the next cycle for us. 
It would have. <laughs> but, you, you know, you really love to see it, folks. I mean, like I said, this is the Hall of Fame of films, and these two are definitely worthy. I mean, The Hurt Locker, you can make an argument. Best war film of the past. Best war film of the 21st century, The Hurt Locker? It's it's one of my favorites, yeah. I think it's definitely top 10. Yeah. So, uh, and The Dark Knight, no, we did a three-hour pod on that. We don't need to talk about that. I think you know goddamn well what our stance is on that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right, well... Redis, unless you've got anything else to add, I think we're all done there. No, just a fun, short little update for you. We'll snip it. Short little update, some news. And, uh, you know, check out the rest of the network. Of course, we got NBA coming back, Bredis. Yes. Alex and Dylan will have you covered on the running hook. With some preseason games already underway. Where's James Harden going, Bredis? Any ideas? <clears throat> Who knows? Some team to lose in the second or First or second round. <laughs> oh, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> uh, any any uh, opinions on your Kentuck? Kentucky Wildcats. Rough year. Rough year for them. It is a, it is a rough year. And so far, it's looking like the I 2013. The Nerlens year. It's looking like the NIT year so far, but... I say this. Year. I say this for every year for any team. All you got to do is make it to the tournament in March, and then everything is out the window. Yeah, Nothing you and matters. I. You and I are talking about the Julius Randle team. That team was like an eight seed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing matters as long as you can make it to March. You're good. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing matters anymore. It's all fresh. I'm curious because you and your dad and your brother are all Kentucky fans. I'm curious what BBN thinks of Nerlens Noel. What do you What do you guys think of the, think, the uh, They don't. We don't hate him at all. I think there was just a lot of problems of that team, not melding well together, just not as a cohesive of a team as we've seen before. Also, it was the year after the AD team. So yeah, tough, tough act to follow. Yeah, national champions. <laughs> but check out the power hours with AB and Dylan. Check out Linsanity. With Caleb and sometimes Bryce, they're going to be doing uh, some college basketball, in fact. Speaking of. Uh, and then the Battleground, hosted by me and featuring J.D. Hall and Bryce Shaddy. We're going to try and get another one out this week. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. And then uh, Triple Option Pass, top with Ryan Gregory, Devin Voss. College football playoff season coming around. We should know uh, who's going to be in it pretty soon so check those out and uh as always thanks for listening